more. And I need you, Jesus, day by day. Praise God. First Peter this morning, chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, you believe in, yet believe in, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Amen. And I would like to minister to you for a while from this thought. It's only a test. It's only a test. Father, we praise you. We glorify you again this morning, oh God. We thank you again today for your presence that we feel in this place, God. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay with us, God. For you said in your word, if two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst of us, O oh God, and we don't want to leave until you leave, Father. And we pray that you would never leave us, O oh God, that you would always hold our hands and be with us, O oh God, close to you, Lord, day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's only a test. Ever so often when I'm riding, you probably have sensed the, the same when I'm riding down the road, sometimes I'm listening to the radio and I, all of a sudden, my radio just goes dead. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, okay, the signal went bad or, you know, I'm, something happened or whatever with the station or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you hear this loud blaring sound through your radio. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, after about 15 seconds, somebody come on and says, this was only a toast of the national broadcasting system. If this would have been an emergency, you would have been told what you needed to do. So it was only a test. They was testing their system to make sure it was working. Amen. And so at the same time, it was designed to help us to prepare our minds, to let us know that, you know, this is the sound you would hear if there was an actual emergency. And so test is designed to help us to learn and to know. You know, when I was in the army, and I may have told you this, if I have, just block it out. But, you know, there was times when we were stationed in Italy, that we used to have what we call neo-exercise, non-combatant uh, exercises. And it was for the family members. And so 
we had to have this packet done up with all these forms. So if something happened to me, then Sister Parker could still get paid and she would have a place to stay. And so you had to have all these papers filled out for that purpose. And you had to have your government quarters uh, ready in case some other families had to come in, move in with you and all kinds of stuff. So they call it a neo-exercise. Amen. And so there was the practice uh in case of a of an emergency and so it was just one of the ways they tested the system and to make sure it was ready to go you know there's so many tests that we go through we have medical tests to find out you know what are some of our ailments that are taking place uh, in our lives and now they come up with these memory tests i don't know if you ever have to have a memory test or not you know they show you these pictures and then they come back and they ask you questions you know i go i don't know man that was a few seconds ago i don't know what was on that paper you know and stuff so it's to test your memory you know so but there's just so many tests that that we have to go through, it seems like, to get your driver's license. Most of you remember when you got your driver's license, you know, your test, you know. Boy, you really prepared for that one, didn't you? Yeah, man. You didn't want to repeat that twice, man. I mean, when I got to Germany, here I am, I, you know, every foreign country I've gone to and been stationed in, you know, even though I got an American driver's license, I have to take that country's test, you know. And in Germany, they used to tell us, okay, the hardest thing on the German test is the signs. You know, I mean, they have all these signs. You know, you have one, you come up to the traffic circle, all these crazy, you know, like roundabouts now they're putting in the areas now in our cities. You come up to it and it says, here comes some guy with a a horse cart who got the right of way. <laughs> you know, I think I got the biggest vehicle. I got the right away, right? No, it doesn't work that way, you know. Then, then Germany has all these street cards, you know, and they ask you who's got the right away. Yeah, sometimes you might have the right away, but most of the time you may not have the right away because that's a train, you know. But they, you know, so there's all kinds of tests. That we can take, amen. And there's those tests that we're, our faith is going to be tested, you know. And so, therefore, we have to realize that we're going to be put up. Our resolve, our determination are, are going to be tested. Our patience are even going to be tested. tested. Some of you probably already had some patience tests this morning, you know. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> James tells us in James 1, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation on this, that the trine of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Amen. So with patience, we got to give it an opportunity to work. Amen. So that we will be what God is trying to develop in us, and that is to move us to perfection. And as I said earlier, our faith is going to be tested as well. Even as a minister, I will tell you, I go through a lot of tests, and I think a lot of my tests as the pastor that I go through a lot of times is God is seeing if I am going to be what I say and what I teach, amen, to others. Uh, And so there's going to be many tests. uh, And so as I said earlier, you know, you're going to, your patience, and the reason I think sometimes we have these patience tests is because sometimes we do pray and say, 
I sure wished I had more patience. <laughs> and you're probably talking to somebody and you probably says, uh, man, I need more patience. So God says, okay. <laughs> I give you a test, you know. Tribulations work patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So if you've never said I need patience or you ever prayed for patience, uh, guess what? You're going to get it. <laughs> because one of the ways that God does test us is in our patience and in our faith to see if we're going to be and do what he is asking of us to be. When we look at Job's life and what Job went through, it was only a test. Job was not aware of the discussion that Jesus uh, had had with Satan. And, you know, and so as a result, he was not aware of the, the trial or the test that he was getting ready to go through. And so with Job, Job was able to endure the temptations and the things that came against him because he had prepared in advance. Job, uh, to some cases, uh, I see it as a study and was aware of God and who God really was and everything that he had, he realized that it was given to him by God. And so he was ready for the test uh, that when it came his way, he even says in the third chapter, the things which I greatly feared is uh, come upon me. He says, I was not in safety, I had not rest, and trouble came. But did you notice Job's onset when his trials hits him, he's able to still worship God, and he's still able to praise God, amen. When you're taking a test and you know the answer, you just whiz right through it, you know. You're confident in your abilities to, to pass that thing. You sit, you read it, you see the answer of his mother for choice, you know the one the circuit is true and false. Now that might be a little tricky, because sometimes they throw a word in or take a word out to make it false when it should be true. Amen. But Job seemed to have it all together in the test that he was taking. When he gets the bad news, he's able to praise God. He's able to worship God. He's doing real well. Amen. His wife tried to get him to curse God and, and die, but he still said, you speak as the foolish woman. You know, he goes through his test real well. Abraham is another one with the, with Isaac when God tries Abraham. Amen. Abraham is able to pick up Isaac and his, the wood and the fire and to head off the Mount Moriah just like God told him to do. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 17, by faith when he was tried, he offered up Isaac and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounted that God was able to raise him up from the dead from whence he had received him in a figure. You see, the reason Abraham was able to pass this test, Abraham realized who Isaac was and what Isaac had been given for. He was an example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Genesis 17, 21, this might help us to understand why Abraham was able to pass this test. The Bible says in Genesis seventeen twenty one, he knew that God had said about his seed. God had already told him, but my covenant, notice, will be established with Isaac, which saved Sarah shall bear unto thee 
at this time in the next year. See? So he knew then, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, he knew that if God killed him, he had to raise him up. <laughs> because it was a promise. And God had already told him, I will make my covenant with Isaac. So Abraham was not afraid to take the test. He was not afraid to move out and go and do what God had asked of him. When God sent Elijah to Zarephath, to a woman there, amen, it was only a test for her to see if she was going to do what the man of God was asking of her to do. And so when Elijah says to her, bring me a cruise of water, amen, a little drink of water, and nobody by the way, bring me a little piece of bread. Uh, amen. She says, not so. But when he told her that God had said that the bale of meal shall not waste, uh, neither shall the crews of all fail until he sent rain upon the earth, uh, she passed the test. Uh, amen. We have to get to the point uh, in our lives uh, in every test. We know they're coming. Uh, we have got to build up ourselves uh, on our most holy faith believing and trusting in God, amen, so that we can pass. We've got to study everything that we go through in life. We have to pause for a moment, take a look at it, what was going on, what brought it on, and we can find out what happened so that we can prepare for the next trial or the next test that is coming into our lives, amen. When we see that Elijah was ready to transition from Elijah to Elijah, Elisha, Elisha had to go through a test, uh, and his test was to see if he was going to be faithful, see if he was going to follow God's plan and what God had planned for him. God has called many men and many women uh, into the ministry, but the problem is uh, we keep failing the test uh, because we're not faithful to the things of God. We keep putting other things in the forefront of what God is trying to get us to do. We're leaning, as the Bible says, uh, to our own understanding. But Solomon tells us uh, to trust in the Lord with all our hearts uh, and to lean not to our own understanding. And I'll always acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. When Elisha walked by Elisha, he threw his mantle on him and says, follow me. But notice what Elisha says to Elisha. He says, wait just one moment. He says, let me go and, and bid farewell to my mom and my dad. In other words, if you notice, he killed those oxen. He, plowed, he used the plow to start a fire. <laughs> Amen. And as a result, what Elisha was saying to Elijah is, I'm not going to need this anymore. I'm not going to go back this way anymore. He's starting to pass his test right out the window. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone I love, uh, everyone I care about, uh, the things I've been doing. I'm getting rid of it out of my life because I'm going to commit 100% to what God is asking of me to do. And so as a result, uh, when Elijah says, stay here, he says, God is sending me to Bethel. And Elisha says, as the Lord liveth, uh, and as my soul liveth, I will not leave you. And there was 50 prophets there. And they kept saying to Elisha, yeah, the Lord is going to take your master's head today. He said, I know it. Shut up. You know? He said, just hold your peace. 
Why Bethel? It is the house of God. So you can't have a ministry outside of the house of God. That's why when we pray through the prayer of the tabernacle, you see it is in the house of God. The word, the light, the illumination, things comes on to show you, to direct you in the direction. So he brings him to Bethel. And after that, then Elisha says to him, stay here because God is sending me to Jericho. And Elisha says to Elijah, as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave you. And the same thing the prophet says, hey, man, the Lord is going to take your master's head away from you today. He says, I know it. Hold your peace. You know, and as a result, they went to Jericho. Why Jericho? It was the first miracle that Israel had when they came into the promised land. And as a result, God will always reveal to you your first miracle that he's ever done for you in your life to build your faith, to get you to a point. Jericho was a place of trusting and obedience to God's way and to God's word. They had to walk around seven days and be quiet until the seventh day. And then the shout, it was to bring him back to a remembrance of what God will do. And then Elijah says to Elisha, stay here because God is sending me across the Jordan. He says, as your soul live and my soul live, I won't leave you. And those 50 prophets again says, the Lord is going to take your master's head. He says, I know it. I just hold your peace. Uh, and when they came to the Jordan River, there's that waterway again. And he hit the Jordan River and the rivers parted and they walked through thither and hither. And as a result, uh, when they got to the other side, Elijah turned back to Elisha and says, what do you want? He says, all I want is a double portion of your spirit. He says, you've asked a hard thing. He says, but if you see me when I go up, it shall be done unto you. And all of a sudden, Elisha hollered, my Lord, my Lord, the chariots of God and the horsemen thereof. And as the whirlwind came and Elisha went up and his mantle fell back down to the ground. And Elisha walked over and he picked it up and he walked back to the Jordan River and he smoked the Jordan River. And he says, where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted hither and thither and he walked across and then back on the other side, and the scriptures let us know that Elijah did twice as many miracles as Elijah had done. He passed the test uh, because he was not willing to quit. Uh, he was not willing to turn back. Uh, you were going to pass your test. Uh, you've got to keep moving forward. If you're going to pass the calling into the ministry's test, uh, you've got to burn your oxen. You've got to burn the plow. You've got to let things go out of your life. Uh, amen. That's why Jesus says, uh, no man can come to me and not hate mother and father and sister and brother and the things of this world. Amen. You cannot be my disciples. Uh, and in other words, you can't love that more than what I am asking of you to do and be my disciple. You have to be willing to, to place other things second. Uh, your circle job 
love cannot be number one priority in your life in a calling to God. You must, if you're going to pass the test, God must be first in everything that you do. This is why Jesus says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you have need of will be added unto you. Amen. You've got to keep him first. Jesus said, what will the profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Are you going to pass the test? In order to make Peter and the disciples fishers of men, they had to be tested. See, they were so used to fishing for the natural. But God says, you follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. First, they had to leave all. They had to stop everything else they was doing and leave all. They had to learn how to handle rejection in their lives. Jesus had taught them and told them that they would be rejected by all men. They had to pass a history test. His story. <laughs> They had to pass pass his story. They had to know about him. Amen. From the beginning all the way to the end. They had to pass this test. And that's why in their study process, they're constantly asking Jesus questions about things that they did not understand. They had to pass a hearing test constantly. Amen. You guys never have a hearing test, do you? What? (laughs) So you need a hearing test. (laughs) Amen. They had to pass the hearing test. Because Jesus was speaking in parables, and sometimes he would say things, and they did not understand. So they had to have their hearing test. That's why in the book of Revelation, you see that all seven churches, it is mentioned, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You are the church of the living God. You've got to be able to hear what God is saying from his word to you, the application part. You've got to be able to pick up on what God is trying to tell you and what God is trying to show you. Do you hear? As the angel said, I hear. And then you've got to be able to hear what God is speaking to his church. They had to pass the knowledge test. They had to pass the fear test. That's why God placed them in the boat and placed them in the middle of the ocean. And then he caused a storm to rise to test them and fear. Amen. And as they will begin to fear, notice what Jesus says to them. How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? Amen. You can't be his disciples and walk around in fear. You're not going to pass the test if you keep fearing. We must walk by faith and not by sight. Most people fear because they're looking at their surrounding and what is coming against them instead of looking unto 
Jesus, who is the author and the finish of our faith. When I go through things in my life and I don't understand it, he says, you call upon me in the time of trouble and I will hear you and deliver you and you will glorify my name. Amen. They had to pass this fear test constantly. Amen. And then they had to pass their biggest test, the gospel test. Do you understand the gospel? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. They had to pass that test with understanding, with knowledge, to be able to go into the whole world and to preach it to every creature. Amen. This is what Paul told Timothy. He says, until I come, you give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. They like not the gift that is in thee with the laying on the hand of the presbytery. He says, you meditate on these. You give yourself wholly to them. For in so doing, you'll save yourself and everyone else that hears it from you. They had to pass these seven tests in order to be the disciple of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter had to pass uh, some tests uh, himself. Uh, amen. To be the leader and the spokesperson. Amen. He sank in the sea. Uh, amen. He, he had cut off Malcolm his ear and he denied the Lord three times. Uh, amen. So he had to now realize there was tests uh, that he had to get used to in his life and you and I have to get to in our life. Uh, the first test uh, is that of sinking. Uh, you have to realize uh, that you're not going to go under. Uh, you, sometimes uh, it might seem like that your trials or circumstances is pulling you under. But David says, uh, in the time of trouble, he will set me on a rock, uh, and my head will be high about my enemies round about me. Therefore, when I open his tabernacle, the sacrifices of joy, I will Sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So Peter had to get over from sinking. He had to realize that if Jesus tells you to come, you're not going under. You might feel like you're sinking. It might feel like the water is coming over your head, but you're not going to drown. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, the name that is above every name, and he'll reach out, and he'll take you by the hand, as he says in Isaiah 40, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the power of my right hand, saying, Fear not. So you don't, you're not going to sink. No matter what you're going through, you're his child. He's not going to let you go under. I know they say if you go down three times, you're going to drown. But Jesus is never going to let you go down three times. Amen. Even though the Bible lets you know a just man falls seven times, but he rises up again. Because you're built on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul says, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and whom all the buildings that framely together and grow it up into a holy temple in the Lord. Praise God. You're not going to seek. 
The second test, remember Peter cut off Malcolm's ear. Why? A fear of losing. He was fearing that he was going to lose that he loved. So he was his master. He was taking matters into his own hands. So he cut off Malcolm's ear. So Jesus tell him, Simon, put up your sword. He that lived by the sword shall die by the sword. You're not going to lose your loved one. Just hold on. Amen. Just stay the course. Amen. Don't ever fear losing. Don't ever fear losing at all. He's God. Amen. You're not going to lose. You're winners. Not a loser. You're the head. You're not the tail. Amen. The third test he had to pass was that of denying Christ for fear of men. Notice. He denied Christ three times because of men. They said, you're one of his. He says, no, I'm not. The rooster went, Arr! Another one says, yeah, you was with him. He says, no, I'm not. Arr! Think about it. He failed the test. See, if you're going to pass the test, you can't. Deny Christ. No matter what man say. No matter what comes against you. There is no weapon form against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the Lord. Amen. We have a mighty God. Amen. He wants us to pass uh, every test uh, that comes into our lives uh, and our ways. Uh, and he's given us the instructions uh, of how to do it. Amen. So don't let your circumstance uh, make you to quit uh, because you think you're going under. Don't let the thought of losing stop you because you're not going to lose. You're going to get more in the end than what you got right now. So you're not going to lose in this game. You're going to always get a whole lot more. Amen. And don't fear what men say. Don't fear what they come against you at school or on your job. Be a, be a, a child of God and take a stand and say, yes, I love Jesus. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, you ought to know the one. You don't understand where I was and how he brought me out of the mire clay and how he set my feet upon a rock. Yeah, if they say, yes, you're a Christian, aren't you? So, oh, yes, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done for me. You don't understand how he delivered me, how he set me free and what he's done in my life. And he can do the same for you. Amen. Don't forget, Peter says, don't forget, it is the trying of your faith that worketh patience. It is the trying of your faith that will produce in the end time of your faith that you will be able to stand in the end. Paul writing to the church of the Hebrews in the 12th chapter, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaking to you as unto children, my son 
man despise not the chastener of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scorncheth every son whom he received. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. So have you forgot the exhortation of God? What is God telling you? Amen. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Hold in my hand. Trust in me. Believe in me. He's not going to leave you. He's as close as the mention of his name. Praise God. You got to pass the test. It's only a test. You don't know if God is telling Satan, hey, go try out. See what she's made of. Just hang in there. It's only a test. It ain't going to kill you. <laughs> Jesus came down the mountain, John chapter 6, and he saw the multitude. The Bible says in John 6, 1 through 6, he said to Philip, hey, Philip, where are we going to get food to feed all these guys? He said he did that to prove him. <laughs> they test him. You know why? Because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. So let me give you a test, Peter. I meant Jew, Philip. What are you going to do about these guys? Yeah. It's just a test. What you're going through is only a test. You already know what he's going to do. Jeremiah says he knows the thoughts I think towards you. To give you an expected end. Amen. Moses told the children of Israel, when you look at Deuteronomy 8, he said, the reason you was in the wilderness for 40 years, he said, God took you there to humble you, to prove you, to see what was in your heart, if you was going to do what his word says, and to let you know that man doesn't live but bread alone by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That 40 years in the wilderness was just a test. Amen. Many of them fell. They, they didn't, they, they couldn't pass. All they had to do was walk. They could have passed the test. And isn't it amazing that 40 years back here, as Brother DeMuth was saying this morning from the beginning, when you look at what transpired, as soon as Jesus came out of the water of baptism, what happened? He was led into the wilderness to be tested, to be tempted of the enemy of his soul. So 40 days he was in the wilderness being tempted by the same evil one that's going to come against you and I. And notice how Jesus kept checking the block. And Satan says, if you be the Son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeding out of the mouth of God. That's got that question right. If you be the Son of God... Jump down, because he, he, it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you. It is written, I shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He checked that question. Yep, got that one right. Amen. Then the third, Satan says, if you worship me, I give you all this. Jesus come right back and said, it is written, I shall serve the Lord, and him only shall you worship. Check that one right. He passed the test. And when he got the test done, he walked right into the church. They handed him the Bible. He opened up scroll, scroll. They said, why don't you read today, son? He opened it and turned to Isaiah. And he began to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When you're anointed, that means you 
pass the test. Now get in there and get the work. Amen. The enemy can't defeat you. He can't stop you. Amen. From doing what God has called you to do. God has chosen you because you passed the test. You can teach this stuff. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Think about it. It's only a test. Amen. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus is down by the shore of Galilee, and he's talking to the people. And the crowd begin to emerge on him. And what did he do? There's two boats. He gets in Peter's boat. <laughs> he says, let's out just a little bit here so I can teach the people. And begin to teach the people. And then all of a sudden he turns to Peter and says, why don't you just launch out into the deep for another drought? Peter says, come on, Lord. Jesus said, come on, launch out and let down your nets. Peter says, Lord, we've told all night. It taken nothing. And he says, okay, okay, at, at your command, I'll let down the net. And he goes out and he drops the net. And all these fish, they begin to break his net. And Peter started hollering for the other boat to come and help us, come and help us. And they filled all the boats with fish. It was only a test. Amen. From the shore, all he was is a test to see if he was going to do what Jesus said. It's only a test. Pass the test. Just do it. <laughs> That's all you got to do is just do what Jesus is asking of us to do, and you will pass the test every time. One of the hardest things about losing a loved one is we know that it's eternal. Yeah? But it's only a test. It's only a test. Amen. And the reason we're testing because we know we're not going to see them anymore on the earth. See? And so a lot of times what transpires with death and stuff is it pushes into depressions, stress, oppression, Sometimes in despondency of life. And so what happens is we don't realize it's just a test. And so what happened? We go back to the old way. See? If you notice when Jesus died, what happened? Peter says in Luke 21, he said, I mean, John 21, he says, I'm going fishing. All the others say, well, we're going to go with you. So they all go fishing. They go back to the old ways of life. But Jesus had called them for what? To reach men. He says, I already told them, you follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Not this. And so they fish all night and they take nothing. And then the next morning as they're coming in from the shoreline, they hear Children, have you any meat? They should have automatically recognized the voice. Because nobody else is going to call you children <laughs> from the shoreline. So he says, children, have you any meat? 
And all of a sudden, John, who had leaned on Jesus' bosom, realized who it was. And he says, it is the Lord. And Peter jumps in the water because he was naked. As they come to shore, they get closer. Jesus says, cast your net on the other side and you shall take. They cast and they caught 153 fish. And they pulled them into shore. And Jesus has already got a meal going. Fish and grits for breakfast. <laughs> so you guys from the north, you don't know anything about that. <laughs> Guarantee you go down south, you're going to eat fish and grits. It is good. <laughs> I ate so much fish when I was a kid for breakfast, man. It was not uncommon in my house to have fish for breakfast. Fried chicken for breakfast. You ate what you had. <laughs> but fish was one of our main meals for breakfast when I was a kid. Hey, Amen. It was so prevalent because we lived so close to the ocean. You know, so it's good. Believe me. Try it sometime. <laughs> Amen. But notice, Jesus has got a meal already prepared for them. And then he turned to Simon Peter and he says, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than this? Here comes the test. <laughs> Yea, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter probably thought, Whew, got away with that one. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? Yea, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Now, who's going to tell Jesus no? (laughs) You know, Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. He says, feed my sheep. Did he pass the test? Yeah. See, just don't go back the old way. When the tests seem tough, when it seems like there's no answer, right answer, don't go back to the old ways. He's brought you out of that old way. He's delivered you. And so as a result, amen, he's brought us out to carry us in. And so therefore, amen, we must continue to stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Amen. It's only a test, and you can pass the test. And here's how you pass the test. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burdens are light. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. 
that where I am, there you shall be also. For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by me. Amen. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness. Search the Scripture, for in Him you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me that you might have life. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly divide the word of truth. It is only a test. And you can pass this test. Praise God. Whom having not seen, you love. And whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have found his 